Welcome to the Crypto Yams Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a five-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. It is Monday, August the 8th. Oopsie daisy. Uh, and as well, today we have Jay and my good friend, Pio. Welcome, guys. Hopefully you're having a great day. Yeah, happy to be here, man. Let's talk. Let's talk about some cryptos and some currencies and some gains and losses and pumps and dumps and you know all that fun stuff. <laughs> Everything in between. Yeah, we're uh, we're pretty much right on track with what we were expecting from our Friday and Wednesday episode of last week. We are looking very good. Um, things really haven't changed. Obviously, we had a little bit of. Uh, a little bit of volume come in yesterday night, so that was really nice. Um, it's really, in my opinion, going to come down to this daily close. If as long as we can get a closing above twenty three thousand five hundred dollars, we should stick and continue on the track that we are on. Of course, as always, we're going to be starting out on our macro time frames. Let me get my screen up. Perfect. Yeah, taking a look here at weekly, we did not get our triple confirmation close, which is fine. We're still on the way towards it. We are starting to see a little bit of pushback here, potentially in the money flow. Um, the volume is starting to slow down in the buy pressure, which is absolutely fine. Of course, we're still in this kind of static capitulation zone. Nothing really too crazy. Um, but we have obviously a whole week to turn this into a triple confirmation. If we are going to see volume start to spike, it is only about 18 hours in so far to this weekly candle. So I'm not too worried about this starting to flatten out. Um, other than that, the weekly doesn't really have too much different on it. Um, we're still working towards, again, triple confirmation back to the upside in our macro time frame. Uh, I don't really see anything else super specific. Any flow... Flattening out Wolfpack, starting to flatten out a little bit, but still on the way to the upside. Um, of course, our four-day has triple confirmed as of July the 20th. So we're still in a TC here, starting to see a little bit of pushback as well. Not anything I'm worried about. Daily looks absolutely healthier than anything right now. Um, potentially a reconfirmation back to the upside uh, as of maybe today's candle close. Again, I really am. I'm expecting as long as we stay above $23,500, we are more than likely going to see the triple confirmation. We can see that we've already retested our market structure line at around 22400 and things are looking very healthy. We've just formed another higher low. Uh, the money flow has actually formed a divergence, and we're looking quite bullish. You can see that our Liberator is expanding again, as well as money flow bouncing off the zero line. And as we know, the more times we bounce off the zero line, the better the explosion's gonna be. So some very nice things to potentially look forward to in the next week or two. Um, absolutely looking for around 25,000 as my first initial target. Um, and from there, we potentially do see a shorter term rejection back into these levels of 23,500. Um, the only thing, if we do touch 25, we would want to see a retest of 23,500 and hold. Uh, if we start to break back down, 
We have a potential to not TC the weekly, potentially TCing the daily back down and not great things coming back maybe towards 20,000 if that were to happen. But at the moment, the current market structure, everything that we're seeing, we're, we're not really on track for that. So not worried about it for now. Always in the back of our minds that we could potentially come back down. But things are looking quite healthy, as we've been talking about for weeks. The total three continues to make gains, um, grabbing more and more liquidity as we go. Uh, the market structure here also looks very healthy. Retested back on the 25th of July. Absolutely shot up from there. Um, the altcoins across the board are starting to look amazing. So I'm definitely keeping my eyes on those altcoin markets. And again, S&P potentially has some short-term downside to come. I'm looking for a 382 touch in the four hour if we were to come back down right around the 4,000 point mark. Um, not too much more. That would give us a nice inverted head and shoulders here. Cup and handle. Uh, continue to hold market structure. And of course, we're always looking for that 382 retest before continuing. It makes a lot of sense as we have hit the 618. We are starting to see some bearish divergence starting to stack up here, money flow coming back down. And again, it's 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 a good thing that the stock market continues to retest because it just continues to build strength for the medium to macro term. Hmm. And of course, going into our shorter term timeframes, uh, Bitcoin not really showing any sign of stopping, but at the same time, maybe potentially a start of a shorter term pushback if the S&P were to come back down in the next, let's say, two to three days, work itself out, get the higher low. Bitcoin's probably going to be doing the same thing. Um, we could be looking for some sort of bullish divergence from these lows of August 4th and 2nd. So potentially back to market structure again, right around 22,500. As long as we hold that level, we know that we're in good shape. And oh yeah, I think it's going to take about another week or two before we get through 25,000. I can absolutely see us getting up to that point before coming back to retest. We may need to actually confirm the daily close above 23,500 as of today. Uh, come back to 22,500 for a retest now, and then continue to 25 uh, from there. So we'll kind of see how the next couple of days play out. But overall, the momentum does continue to build up. We're looking quite bullish overall. I don't see any issues or problems within these time frames as to why we would uh, come crashing back down. Obviously, there's a little bit of controversy going on with China right now uh, in their banking system. So we need to keep an eye on that. The housing crisis that they are potentially going to go through. Um, if you guys haven't heard, essentially uh, $200 billion worth of mortgages are not being paid as the banks have <laughs> essentially declined people from withdrawing their money. So uh, we need to really keep our eyes and ears peeled on what's going on with uh, Asia over the next month or two. It will absolutely cascade effect the rest of the economies if that were to start to shit the bed. Hmm, Jay, I can feel you itching over there. <laughs> how, how, how did you know, man? Oh, I just, you know, sneaking suspicion. You're like, Jay, Jay's probably a little bit itchy right now. Let's make sure we tune in there. Yeah, so what you just mentioned actually did uh, pique some interest because as soon as you say 
not being able to take money out, all I think of is Voyager Digital and Three Arrows Capital. All it does is just bring back a little PTSD of all that, right? You know, um, some interesting development with that is Voyager Digital is actually, um, for those of you that don't know Voyager, uh, pretty much <laughs> had about 50% of like all of their liquidity pretty much into Three Arrows Capital, a company that did a high leverage play on Luna, and it uh, went to zero pretty much. And uh, yeah, Voyager pretty much declared bankruptcy. <laughs> Pretty much everyone's assets were, you know, you couldn't even take them off. Like you could look at them, but you couldn't do anything about it. Like it's, it wasn't your money anymore. It's kind of crazy. Uh, but they did reveal that they are now allowing people to take the U.S. dollars they may have on their exchange off of the exchanges, uh, up to like a hundred thousand U.S. dollars or something. I think it was. It might have been ten thousand. I may have a zero wrong there, but regardless. Uh, that's, that's pretty, that's a good sign. Uh, I like seeing that at least, um, you know, anyone that has money on Voyager or dollars, at least the crypto still can't touch yet. Um, but I'm sure that was definitely a little bit of a sigh of relief. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just had to, had to point that out there. Um, in regards to, yeah, charts, what you were talking about, pretty much I'm feeling the same way, man. Uh, we had our previous range from about 23.5 down to about 22.5. And since then, we pierced through the 23.5 to the upside. We had a little fake out to the downside, naturally, right? And uh, here we are, right? And uh, kind of wondering if we come back to 23.5-ish again and see how that works, right? The same white ray I literally have beaten to death. It's just like one line, right? And uh, it's it's been pretty unstoppable, and in this case, I'm kind of wondering if we come back there. Uh, it kind of looks like the four hour wants to. We did confirm quite a few divergences on our last candle, uh, bearish, hidden, and regular uh, divergences. And I'm kind of getting a feeling that we'll come back and retest that for 23,500 to be resistance for so many days. That was, that was a good week and a half straight. Uh, it would make a lot of sense for us to retest that after just busting through it. I'm curious what the reaction will be when we come back to it, if we're going to find the support, if we're going to get maybe some hidden bullish uh, divergences on smaller time frames to then support the bigger time frames and continue that trend to the upside that we're looking for. Uh, in the end, though, yeah, 22.5, really, uh, if we do come back down to 22.5, that, that's going to be kind of a make or break. If, if 22.5 does get closed through, if that doesn't hold, then I'm looking around maybe 21, uh, even down to the lows of the range, 20,000, and then inevitably 18 or so. But if 23, 22, 5, right in those range, if, that, if those hold, then I definitely think we're still headed on up, probably 28, 30. It's all the same yeah. we've been talking about. Nothing's really changed too much. Uh, it's playing out pretty much uh, exactly as predicted. What I think is going to happen today is that we're going to see this close of the daily above 23,500 to essentially solidify the bot orders and what the market makers are actually going to do. And from there, um, because obviously a lot of people are going to be placing orders around the close, we are probably going to come back down maybe in the middle of the night or maybe over tomorrow. If we can work it out overnight, I think that would be better off for us. But it's funny because we've actually been seeing more bullish pressure over the uh, very late evening and early morning than throughout most of the day of the last couple of weeks. So 
we'll have to see how she goes, but definitely we should see the close just to uh, solidify the overall momentum of what's going on. Um, that would give us a chance to come down in the shorter term timeframes, reset those guys, and to more than likely see continuation into the rest of the week. Um, it just depends because we've had very slow consolidation, right? We've been stuck in this $1,000 range for about a week, two weeks now. And this is going to be the first daily close that we see above this level for sure with triple confirmation on our side. So yeah, I, I really think that we're going to get the daily close. It's going to look good, feel good, and then it's going to come back down maybe for that 23, you know, 23,500 or 22,500. Either way, the overall, you know, midterm macros look great. Yes, uh, flow is pointing out as well with the ETH weekly and along from 14 beautiful. Stacked bearish divergences on daily and four hour has me thinking of the start is short. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Definitely just, you know, obviously be careful because if we are looking at shifting the macro trend, these midterm short terms are going to continue to get faked out and faked out and faked out. It's going to look great. It's going to feel great. And then within two days, it's over and it's shifted right back to the upside. So it's definitely not a bad idea to be taking that starting position, but at the same time being mindful that it could change at any point, unless obviously the macros were to change their kind of uh, targeted direction. Uh, I kind of wanted to bug our good friend Pio a little bit about his idea of the stock market. Pio, if you wouldn't mind blessing us with your kind words of information. Good day, gentlemen. Comrades. Good day. Good day. Yeah, I think um, I think it's just playing out as per the plan that we've been discussing for, and you've been seeing the charts for, I, we probably should have kept score, I think, around at least three months now. Um, so the jobs reports have come in from uh, the US and the EU, and basically have really confounded everybody, you know, um, people who are hyper bullish, it's back on to the moon. Um, I think they've been given a bit of a license to, to kind of air that argument a little bit further because, um, you know, as much as interest rates are going up, the usual effect is that it'll slow down the economy and there'll be less jobs. Well, you know, there's, there's, there's actually less unemployment um, in both regions. So yeah. nobody has a clue what's going on. I think, um, personally, my theory is demographics completely screwing with everything. But it's kind of allowing um, a lot of new things to happen. So, for example, here in the EU or the Eurozone, with the European Central Bank, uh, a different kind of structure to kind of the federal US system where the Fed kind of backs all the state's debt. Well, that doesn't happen here. Um, but what's happening now is they brought in a new mechanism um, to basically buy the debt of the countries who are riskier um, as economic conditions deteriorate as the ECB raises rates. So there's a couple of countries right now that might just go belly up essentially you know and um, if rates rise even modestly they're actually probably stopping that happening and delaying the eu or the ecb from taking appropriate action but they'll take the spread between like the countries who can handle it the germany's the whatever's and use that to buy the bonds of the countries that have borrowed beyond their means um 
Italy would be the best example of that. So yeah. that's never happened before. So people are going to look at interest rates go up and draw all these classical kind of, you know, um, uh, insights based on history, but things have changed. And in the US, you have a pretty hawkish Fed, I think. Their eyes and their prize is second round inflation, which is wage rises rather than kind of goods and stuff like that. Um, and I think they're going to keep on hiking, but at the same time, they're going to keep on printing and giving stimulus and, you know, this new inflation busting thing going across. So, you know, I think the markets, um, markets are not to make of anything right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think keep your hands at the wheel. Let's, you know, ignore the noise and look at the bigger picture and yeah. um, watch for a lower high, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's that clear that's the next waypoint Mm -hmm. yeah and we're almost being sucked towards it like a magnet really right now with uh the european bank coming out with their statement of unlimited bond buying you know i I know you heard about that i i see no you know short-term future of a real uh recession or crash in our future but within the next year or two obviously when they start reevaluating these numbers and next year's, you know, uh, GBP and everything, it's just, we cannot keep this train going forever. We cannot continue to kick the can down the road. And like, it's, it's going to have to work itself out at some point. Like we can't just continue to, to increase inflation rates, you know, to, to make up for, for all the bond buying that they're doing. It's just, it's, it's not a good situation we're working towards. I would honestly rather get it over and done with now, but they just, they, they're not going to do that with midterms coming up in America with all the issues with Asia right now. And obviously with the issues of Europe being in the, the midst of war with Russia and everything, there's just, I, I see no short-term formidable future of things really crashing until everything's 100% certain that they cannot continue to print money. But for, you know, for now, <laughs> I yeah. guess we'll just continue to ride the train. We were slowing down there for a while. Things started to look like we were about to shift down and they just, yeah, the governments did not let it happen. It's 2005 all over again. Um, maybe 2006 yeah. in terms of the time frame to, to precipice because, you know, I think all the macro stuff is, you know, it's, I, think, I think we've got a great critical hand, handle on that. What's great about this group. Um, but when you look at domestic mechanics, stuff that anyone can understand, it, it's pretty much similar in most of the economies that we're focusing on. So, you know, Australia is a really great example. Housing crisis like everywhere else. Same kind of wealth dynamic, same kind of tax dynamic. And now that house prices have started to tip over, because they have a relatively independent central bank who are like, look, you know, we need to we need to raise rates quite a lot. Rent is going up because landlords have to charge more, and um, because they're paying more in their interest in their mortgages. <laughs> so you're seeing this massive squeeze on the consumer, and I think the COVID savings are gone. The stimmy checks are spent. You know, the Netflix uh, subscriptions are being cancelled, and I think there's probably six to eight maybe even 12 months i think it's a bit much personally but of credit that they can max themselves out on you know or us or 
yeah, society. So I think mm. we're starting to bite into that. That's what I see in my personal life. That's what I'm seeing in Australia, which I think it's a, it's a bit ahead of Canada, the US, Ireland, the UK in terms of like that that wealth dynamic through property and you know tenancy kind of conditions. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it's just it's gonna cascade. Um, the ripple effect, you know, is gonna come down. It we're seeing it in Canada, they're seeing it in America. Um, you guys are seeing it in Europe. It's it's not gonna stop as long as the uh, central bank and the Fed continue to do what they're doing. Every time that the ten-year yield takes a massive jump up, the next day it's 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 sold right back down. Meaning that some large entity is buying that bond debt, and who else could it be other than the Fed? Right? There's no other explanation for what's actually going on. For the people that understand that and see that, we know that that you know. We, we know what's really happening, but it doesn't mean that it's going to stop, right? It's, it, we, like I said, we could have another year or two of just prosperity and everything great and dandy, even though the reality of it is, is that the housing market is absolutely going off a cliff. You know, people, <laughs> they're, not, they're not buying houses right now. They're not grabbing large amounts of debt. They can, they can clearly see that if they lock themselves into a, a variable rate mortgage like we could i don't know you know we're already all close we're close to five percent interest which is just excruciating when you really get down to the numbers go back 18 months not even and these people were locking themselves in on oh, interest rates going to be this low forever 20 years at one percent and you know and even if they are locked in for three to five years pretty interest rates and inflation are going to run around in a range of three to six percent, um, but yeah, like final comment on that, it's it's just you can see it happening, and who is going to take the loss unless government's going to print the borrow? So here in Ireland, private landlords are exiting the market because inflation has driven up their costs to the point that what was very profitable for them, maybe even two years ago, is very far behind market rate now. So their margin has gotten squeezed. They're starting to sell out. And their big argument is, you know, hey, you need to get rid of rent caps. And the government needs to subsidize the tenant's rent because if I don't sell this in the market, to market and it can get marked up to market rate rent, something like 40% on average, you know, I'm going to cut a loss on my investment that I might have bought five or six years ago. And it's just like, well, take a fucking loss. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I lost. I lost a bit of grip, though. You know, <laughs> not looking for a bailout, but that's the kind of rock in a hard place where you know it's just so evident right now. Um, what's going to break and how long can they print to sustain it and kind of just squeeze the people? Yeah, people you can see around you. And that's the thing. Like they, you know, this this could be a large part of why it's going to take another year or two because there is so many people that are locked into these low rates of interest with their with their homes. You know, it's a political and, lobby group yes. now. Yeah, exactly. As soon as that opens up, you know, things might start to absolutely really tank. So it'll be very interesting to see. Again, with with I'm I'm very much keeping my eye on Asia right now. Um, this video that Jonas has put in the sessions chat, very 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 good uh, to explain what's happening over there. And he's absolutely right. China's <laughs> housing market is essentially BitConnect, where 
the building companies um, were, you know, they were essentially taking money up front and then building a house and then, you know, using the money that they were continuing to get to then build the next generation of homes. So essentially a Ponzi scheme, but with, with, with the housing market, it's just, it's insane to think about that they were able to get away with that for so long. And we, we saw the effect of, uh, what was the company now? Um, Evergrande. Yeah. Evergrande. Exactly. About what happened there. And it, you know, we talked about that having a ripple effect with all these other, you know, Chinese companies. And now we're finally starting to see that kind of fall into place, unfortunately. Yeah, they haven't liquidated anyone yet. That's the whole ticking time bomb. And you must pay the mortgage for the property that will doesn't exist and will never exist, or you know, or divorce your partner. Um so you're the one who can have a shit social credit score and not be able to get on the train. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge silencing going on over there right now with the protests and everything. So again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very much thinking that it's important to be paying attention to what's going on over there. It's absolutely going to affect the global economy. And, uh, you know, but for now, it's looking better and better for Bitcoin. Even though it's banned in China, I think that people are going to very much wake up to the fact that, well, if I can't go to my bank and withdraw money, the only, you know, we're going we're gonna to start to see Bitcoin absolutely take off. There's, there's no way they can stop it from happening at this point. You know, the CCP is, is really starting to stress out, it feels like, about the whole situation. They just can't silence this many people. Yeah, yeah. They are very screwed. They are absolutely screwed. But you know, we'll uh, we'll keep our eyes on it. You never know; they might be able to pull themselves out of this quicksand for some magical reason. We'll find out. Hey, so so potato. I, I gotta ask you, man. Uh, when Lambo? When Lambo? Whew. I mean, I haven't, I haven't heard those two words in a while, huh? <laughs> the bulls are back in town. The bulls are back in town. Yeah, things are really, I mean, overall, we're look. I mean, you know, as long as nothing really bad happens in the whole global scheme of things, I, I think we're going to have a great year. I do. There may be a couple bumps in the road, but things overall are looking very healthy. You know, unless we see some major, major rejection off of 30K, that, you know, Chinese market essentially goes off a cliff. I don't know, that might act, like I said, that might potentially be a good thing for cryptocurrencies. Um, and it may be a very bad thing for cryptocurrencies. We just, we don't know until we, uh, until we see it happen. A hundred percent. I'll sum it up. It's a matter of Bitcoin was born out of the great financial crisis, distrust in the financial system, distrust in the current like economic framework of the world. It hasn't been tested in that scenario. Now, everything does go to SH1T. It would be a sovereign debt crisis. Would Bitcoin stand up to what it was designed for? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a different ball game now because we didn't have institutions, banks, and and large funds in the market at that time. Where now, you know, if they see it fit, like they could potentially sell off their portions. The Chinese government potentially could sell off their portions of Bitcoin. We just we just don't know. You know, if if everyone in their country starts to go against their currency and starts to buy crypto, you know, I could absolutely see them. That's the only way they could really retaliate. 
would be to take their 200,000 Bitcoin or whatever they have and slam it into the market, you know, just to, just to try and put those people in their place. But I, I don't think that it would last long. I think that the majority of people would continue to buy, even if we did have a steep sell-off out of nowhere. But man, oh man, I think we're going a little bit long today. Um, as always, guys, make sure you check out tripleconfirmation.com. Uh, for all the fine details, find our Discord link in there. You can come and listen live to our sessions in the Discord with us. Um, all the information about the up-and-coming trading bot will be on the website very, very soon. And we're very much very close to an alpha release. So don't you worry, my friend. She's coming soon. And with all that being said, with love and hope in our hearts, we hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Take care, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Take care. Bye-bye.